Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, agents, friends of agents, Michael Chans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and today, delighted to be your podcast host for the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Attract. Attract is a powerful marketing suite, makes it easy for you to spend less time on marketing and more time doing the things that you love to do that grow your business. Attract gives you the technology and the content you need to find your ideal prospect and turn them into your best customer. If you haven't done this lately, do yourself a big favor. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of their award-winning software. As if there weren't enough change in the industry with new technologies, changes in consumer behavior, our guest today gets us to focus on one more change, where in some niches, in some classes of the industry, we're seeing premiums skyrocket. And it's possible this may just be the beginning. Uh, my guest today is the former CEO of Bigfoot Insurance, one of the fastest growing MGAs in the United States, now a managing director for 180 Intermediaries, a longtime friend of mine, longtime client, Martin Burlingame, describes today's insurance pricing as the perfect storm. Uh, we cover, among other things, how natural disasters uh, in the last four to five years have changed the way underwriting uh, underwriters assess risk, why the troubles over there at Lloyd's affect your ability to serve your customers, what customers, um, when customers might simply stop buying insurance and where that leaves certain agents. So... Um, this, for those of you who are involved in insurance, <laughs> commercial insurance, property insurance, you're going to be feeling this and you may be feeling this for some time and you should be prepared. Martin um, is a former agent, so he has not only a strategic perspective on how to deal with the market cycles, and this may not be a usual market cycle, um, strategically, but also tactically. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Um, very quickly, a couple of housekeeping things. If you haven't done it yet, big favor, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's be buds. Follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. Naturally, I'll ask if we've earned a five-star review. I'd be ever so grateful you gave us one. And, um, oh, uh, also, thank you for the interest in my recent um, uh, free uh, training on Seven Secrets to Scale Your Agency 25 to 40%. If you'd like to participate in that, happy to welcome you. No charge, www.michaeljansLive.com. And now, 
Without further ado, it is a privilege to invite you to eavesdrop on this conversation with Martin Burlingame. Martin Burlingame, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good, thanks a lot. Okay, well, pleasure to have you here. Uh, so, uh, you and I go back many, many years. I've lost track. My guess is maybe 15, but it's going to be somewhere in that range. Um, uh, however, our listeners may not know you quite as well as I do. So, uh, Martin, who are you? Sure, thanks a lot. Um, I started as a retail agent in 2004 uh, and then moved to being a managing general agency in 2009. Uh, I ran Bigfoot Insurance, uh, which was a managing general agency in 50 states, program administrator, binding authority, uh, MGA. And at the end of last year, we got purchased by 180 Intermediaries. And now I'm the director in charge of binding authority for 180 Intermediaries. Uh, got it. Okay. So once again, congratulations on the acquisition. Now let's get down to the work. Um, so you, you occupy an important position in the industry um, at the general agency level. Been a while since I've had a guest that uh, really represents that sector of the industry. And it's, it's important to uh, a lot of independent insurance agencies what's happening there. So uh, the first place I'd like to start is to get your perspective on what you see as the, the major trends and forces that are shaping the industry from your point of view and the things that you see and, and deal with on an everyday basis? Sure. So the biggest issue is capacity right now. So over the past four or five years, a series of natural disasters and problems have occurred across the entire country from wildfires to hurricanes to water damage in Texas right now. And the regular admitted carriers that uh, your retail agents access have been trimming capacity quickly over the past three or four years. Um, up to 12 months ago or so, uh, the capacity was pushing into the excess and surplus markets, and there were big pockets and deep, uh, uh, deep aggregate levels that could handle all the submission flow coming in. But over the past 24 months, maybe 36 months, the excess and surplus world has been hit really hard with all the claims that have occurred uh, and have continued. So a lot of stuff was being pushed out of the low brush area or moderate brush area in California. Excess and surplus companies were stepping in and picking up low and moderate brush. Continued of wildfires last year, moderate brush homes got hit. And so now everyone has issues across the country with capacity. At the same time, London is struggling with their profit and loss statements and are not making money. And so there at the same time as the domestic markets are constricting, uh, London is constricting where normally they would be more of an opportunistic market and step in when there was a, an opening of any kind. But they're in the same position as everyone else. Uh, loss ratios are looking really bad and uh, the business coming in has caused huge amount of problems. So what happens there? Um, the managing general agencies like myself, uh, 180 intermediaries, our parent company, as well as most of our peers out there are having contracts uh, start constraining the amount of business it can write across the country. So you have class codes that are no longer becoming eligible. There's minimum premiums going in. Uh, there's aggregate limits in zip codes, counties, uh, the ability for companies to ma uh, map uh, uh, the risk level down to basically square foot has increased uh, the ability for everyone to analyze their books of business. And then 
you tie into there, you also have COVID striking and you have an entire industry, hospitality, restaurants, short-term rentals that have suffered quite a bit in that period. And you're seeing vacancy rates increase and claims coming in. So you basically have a perfect storm uh, and it's a problem for everyone all the way down from the carriers to the retail agents out there. Uh, well, that's a, you just delivered a lot. So I'm going to unpack that. Uh, well, yeah. like, like I said, you live this every day, but here's my sense. Tell, uh, let me ask you one question. Um, is, is what you just said, uh, number one, extremely important. And number two, something that's going to have a, a, an impact rolling out to the average independent agency over the next um, you know, let's say the next few years? Sure, absolutely. So let, let's take a homeowner, for example. Okay. Uh, we were just working on a big one in Utah. So five years ago, whoever the agent was dealing with was probably an admitted carrier that had capacity. Over a period of time, the regular insurance companies backed out and it may have gone to excess and surplus and whoever they went to had an aggregate for the state. And then three years ago, the aggregates got, because of the ability to map and software systems and technology, it started breaking down into more counties. And now it's broken down into zip codes. And now we're doing API calls to third-party vendors, and we can pull the exact fire score for that home in that location. And you can run a map, and a house 10 yards down the road could have a different fire score. And so what happens is we're all able to analyze what we want and what we don't want. The problem is not every company uses the same mapping tools. Some companies are using antiquated systems. Other companies are on more advanced systems. And what you have is this overlapping situation where agents are having to try to navigate who can write what where. All right. So, 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 yes, so that's, your, that's your ability. That's your yeah. underwriting, right? I mean, that's your okay. underwriting. Now, then you toss in that the company I'm dealing with is lost money. So they've said instead of 100 million, you can only write 20 million, right? So now you're asking me, well, which 20 million do I want? And let's say in the zip code. Well, I want the 20 million in the zip code with the least amount of possible exposures to hail, fire, radon, threat, crime, whatever the, the metrics I'm looking at for what I'm writing. Uh, well, my first reaction is, wow, because at, le at least as I'm seeing this roll out, this doesn't get smaller as a problem. This potentially gets bigger as a problem. Yes? Correct. Yes. Right, so let, let's, if let's you unpack take, it. Okay. Right. Because why? Take hail, right? Okay. Well, take hail. I mean, the technology now is good enough that they can really drill down into hail in a particular square 10 yards. Right. I mean, so so, uh, you know, you can so you can get ratings and you can figure out exactly what you think the hail score and impact is and you can manipulate your deductibles simultaneously to this. Since we're t talking about hail, most of the hail belt has been completely hammered over the last five, six years. And so you see every single carrier either getting out or raising their wind and hail deductibles. So in Colorado, we're seeing some carriers at 5%, most at three, if not everyone, most going to 5%, and we're starting to see carriers require a 10% deductible. Well, if you have a $10 million complex, you know, small HOA of some kind, that's a million dollar deductible. Well, I mean, most HOAs don't have a million in the bank. So if there's a hail claim, all of a sudden the loss assessments occur. Well, 
everyone was relying on loss assessments to handle these claims. The insurance companies who write condo policies have been burned because they keep getting these assessments. So they're no longer offering assessments. So, you know, which is canceling all those. So you have this cycle of stuff going on where, and it's, it would be all right if it was just California with wildfire or Colorado with hail, but, or Illinois and Indiana with an El, the El Derecho <laughs> that went through or Texas for, for water claims, but it's everything simultaneously. And so there's no safe place for carriers to run to and write business. All they can do is either get out of what they're doing or raise rates. And, and at the same time as raising rates, increase deductibles dramatically and force the people who represent them to really do the tightest possible selection of risks. Uh, all right, so let me bounce this off. This has to be asked. This question has to be asked. All right, so first of all, um, uh, I don't get a lot of hate mail. Um, I tend to get love mail, all right? I mean, I, I get fan mail, fair enough. But, um, oh, it's been within the last you know six or so months, I hosted a guest who was um, telling his you know, real life story about you know very similar kind of situation uh, where uh, he, he used to be able to write uh, oh large um, you know food and agricultural you know vertical uh, uh, risks for let's say previous year uh, could have been um, uh, let's say forty thousand dollars and this year two hundred thousand dollars okay. Yeah for the, the yep. very reasons you're talking about, like the derecho that right. wiped out the farm and, you know, and, and in California yeah. where, you know, the, um, uh, any number of things, you know, destroyed or threatens to destroy the warehouse or what have you. And right. so, uh, and so his response, uh, other than waking up at three o'clock in the morning, worrying about how he's going to take care of his clients is to go to London and put together a syndicate and maybe, you know, uh, maybe identify like uh, six players that would want to participate and then, you know, provide that as a solution to his clients. Now you're indicating that even those, some of those solutions may be disappearing. So here, here's the question. Correct. I'm leading to a question, okay? <laughs> the the I mean, I didn't get a lot of hate mail, but uh, you know, I got a couple of emails that that you know, because we broached the question of climate change, they thought you know, clearly I'm an evil person, and so it is. I mean, you the things that you just rattled off, call it what you will, <laughs> fire, hail. Uh, you know, uh, the storms that, that, you know, for which we had to come up with new names that didn't exist before, you know, is, is this, I mean, so, so somewhere up there in the actuarial rooms and the boardrooms of, of insurance carriers, you know, they have to be having frank discussions about the way that the world's climate seems to be affecting insurance. Is that what's going on? Is that yeah, I mean, it's just everyone's losing money. Um, you know, and, and uh, you, I mean, you know, we, we want to do the best thing for our clients and my clients are insurance agents. And so we have, I don't know, 14,000 agents on our portal who are submitting in hundreds and hundreds of submissions every day. And we're quoting the risk. Well, the problem is we can only quote in the areas we can quote. And I only have a certain amount of aggregate from the companies. So what happens is it starts restricting and, con and constricting, I guess is the best word, what can be written. 
And so you have at the inside of the donut is what the regular companies are doing. And it was a really big circle. And now it's like a small circle. And then the donut itself is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller with what we can write. And so then you go to places like if you want to do uh, Florida, you got citizens and Texas, you've got the wind pool and uh, California, you've got the fair plan and so on. The problem is those are subsidized by the admitted insurance companies in the state. And the more companies that leave the state because they can't write there, the harder it is for the pool to get subsidized. And they're losing money as well, right? I mean, it's not like it's a profit-making endeavor, and they're all taking as much rate as they can to try to compensate. One of the problems is that carriers over the past five, six years, maybe up to 2019, were hunting business by price shopping. They would gouge the price as much as possible and try to buy business. Well, that's great and wonderful, but everyone did it. And so prices were artificially lowered down. Well, now you're getting sticker shock because, you know, you run the metrics and let's just take a, a I don't know, let's pick a, a winery in California because that's a good one. They got 100,000 of property, some simple number. Well, all of a sudden they might have paid 2,000 bucks and now they're getting a bill for $15,000. And next year it'll maybe be 25,000. So at what <laughs> point you stop buying insurance and on top of that, at what point do you transfer that price to your customer? Because somebody has to pay for the insurance cost. I mean, you know, and, and, and you've been in the middle of COVID where simultaneously shopping, online shopping, the exception, but going to stores and wineries for tastings and so on has dropped dramatically because nobody has done it. So their revenue base is constricted at the same time as their costs have, have quadrupled. And so it's just a horrible situation for the end clients. And it's across all the industries. You look at hotels. I mean, just think about everything we're doing. Hotels have had low occupancy. Restaurants have had nobody in the restaurants. Wineries, people can't go to tours. If you run travel agencies, airlines, charter planes, boat charters, all those industries are seeing their prices go up at the same time as their sales base has gone down. Um, you could take this as far as you want to, uh, to um, but I have to ask the question, what's the logical extension of this trend? Well, what's going to have to happen is pricing is going to have to stabilize uh, at an acceptable pricing. And that pricing will have to be able to be pushed down to the end person, right? The cost of insurance is just going to go up at the same time. Insurance is supposed to be for catastrophes, and people have been using it as maintenance policies for small claims, constant little small claims, which has caused not only a severity issue, but a frequency issue. And what's going to have to happen is people are going to have to understand that insurance is for a catastrophe play. I mean, you get a tornado hitting your place in, in the middle of the country you get coverage, you have a small water leak for $1,000, you don't call your insurance company, you call a plumber, right? Because what happens is you get a couple claims, you get canceled. Then you go to the specialty markets and they just exclude water, right? I mean, they just say, okay, we'll write you no yeah. water. We'll write you with a no hail. I mean, whatever they do. Okay, so um, are we looking at a future where insurance deductibles are much higher than they are now? Right. Is that part of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At the same okay. time as pricing going up, it used to be you raise your deductible, you lowered your price. Uh, yeah, in okay. this case, <laughs> you're raising your deductible to reduce the increase in, in your insurance, but not yeah. mitigate it. Okay. And uh, are you also projecting <clears throat> that this is going to be um, industry wide? So in other words, you obviously, you know, you represent um, 
most you know specialty markets and and you know people right. people will go to you when they can't uh, you know get their get their a risk covered from a you know primary carrier. Are uh, but it seems that this trend is you know the tr the trend's not making decisions about who it's going to affect. It seems to be uh, fairly broad and blunt in nature. Is that right? It is. I mean, and it's across all lines. I mean, the trucking industry has taken a hit because of uh, adverse legal situations and uh, the litigious situations therein. And all you have to do is watch your TV on any day of the week on where you hit by a truck and get a suit. So their their premiums are going up and wheels as a whole have been running adverse loss ratios for four, five, six, 10, 20 years. I don't know when they were profitable. Um, so they're pricing or getting out of the market. And what happens is the less carriers in the market, the remaining carriers just increase their price, right? Because, yeah. and, and it causes the problem all the agents have is I'm not getting my quotes back fast enough. Well, that's true, but I might, I might have gotten 15 quotes in a day. Now I'm getting 150 quotes a day. Yeah. Right. And and my bind ratio has increased somewhat. Right. I mean, because it's a need. But the problem is I can't staff to handle all those quotes coming in because you can't find people. Right. I mean, you can't. I mean, our industry is constricting on human capital at mm -hmm. the same time. So you're trying to bring people in to do it. And where it goes to where you were asking earlier, the biggest issue facing the agents, you've got this you've got this constriction going on. And at the same time, people like myself are trying to find ways to reduce the friction because if I go old school and I ask you to fill out an accord app and you fill it all out in handwriting and then you send it in and then three days later it gets looked at and then you get a response and you need this supplement, you send it in and there's an email and the back and forth and you didn't fill it out correctly and you spend two weeks trying to get a quote, the income you made from that particular risk has dropped down to almost nothing on it's a gone. time, cost, yeah. labor. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you might not have gotten the quote and your client goes somewhere else. So what you have to do in a market of constriction, you have to facilitate the ability for the agent in the MGA or the agent in the specialty brokerage to transact business as seamlessly as possible. Right. I mean, you want to you want to facilitate it as quick as possible. So if you have on if any of my peers have online abilities for the agents to quote uh, the ability to get digital accord apps, upload documents, push them in specialty forms, indications, all that technology needs to come to the forefront, because what's killing us is the number of submissions coming in. What's killing the agent is the fact they can't get a quote back. So if I can make the time spent on every transaction less. I can push the information back to the agent higher. And also understand at the same time, the margins are getting tighter. Carriers are reducing commissions. And as the commissions get bigger, and as the premiums get bigger and bigger and bigger, the margins get, you, you can't, MGAs typically make good portion of their money off of fees, right? Because they pass the majority of the commission to the agent. Well, as if you go from a $1,000 premium and say I put a $100 fee on, I made 10% of my fee. If it's a 10,000, I can't put a $1,000 fee on it. So I put a $200 fee. So I've constricted myself to 2% instead of 10%. So then I put, you know, so that's the problem we're all sitting on because the premiums are getting bigger. All right, so. <clears throat> Which is a good problem to have from everyone's perspective because commissions are higher. <laughs> but it's a stress right. level because yeah. your clients are screaming when their home goes from twelve hundred to nine thousand dollars at one They're, renewal. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me let me see if I'm recapping a couple of points here. It sounds like you're saying that there are two major issues or trends that are uh, difficult and challenging that affect the industry and affect the agent. 
One is constriction, okay? Uh, reduced capacity for the various reasons we talked about. And then the other one is uh, perhaps exacerbated by that is friction. The amount of friction, uh, particularly as uh, agencies, oh, you know, uh, 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 dip more frequently into the, uh, you know, the, in, into your marketplace, right? Because uh, th th these are, uh, at least historically, um, a little more unusual transactions than uh, you know probably what they're doing on a on a regular daily basis. So, uh, in terms of <clears throat> capacity, um, you know the the industry and the economy will respond to that, and it'll be difficult, and it'll be challenging. Correct. People will suffer, but um, but there there are certain forces that are just bigger than us, right? And, we and we cannot fix capacity. More carriers will come in to handle the capacity, uh, and we'll look at new technology to figure out what they can write. Right. Okay. I mean, so yeah. as technology advances, people will have abilities to micro dissect books of business and only take what they want, granting excess capacity. Got it. Okay. So there there are challenges there, but yes, that'll be interesting to see how new players enter the market and how that how that may. Right change the environment. That'll be interesting for us to watch. But then on the other side, friction, uh, you know, typically what happens is that's recognized as a problem. And in the competitive environment, the, uh, the innovator looks for ways to reduce friction. So what's happening there? Correct. Well, I mean, so the biggest thing, if you go through a, tra uh, a traditional thing, an agent up sends an emails accords in and gets a supplemental back and then fills that out and sends it in. Let's say the quote comes in, they fill out all these documents, they send it in, and then they have to have a surplus lines due diligence form, which in some states is a nightmare. And there's back and forth on that stuff because certain blocks aren't checked and carriers aren't listed correctly. And I mean, there's just a myriad of 50 states all doing things differently that you're never going to fix, right? I mean, you can yeah. automate as much as possible, but you can't fix a the surplus lines association in whatever state it is. Um, and then on top of that, you've got premium financing, you've got to get payments in, you have to do that stuff. So in the world of the MGAs, everything is trying to get addressed in different ways. So payments have been addressed through third-party payment sections because everyone wants to use a credit card. The problem is there's a cost for using credit cards. So they use a third-party vendor so that the cost is transmitted to the insured. So that's come in. But how do you integrate the credit card into the back office management system. So the payment goes from the credit card company, the, man, the payment system directly in and assigns it so it doesn't show in in a list bill and you have to have a person type it in. Those are the kind of things we're talking about frictions just on back office. On the front office, how do I have the agent fill out something? How do I, how do I tell the agent no fast is the number one thing. Because you don't want to spend two weeks to get a no. <laughs> it drives everyone insane. And it's not just... The insurance. I mean, the bat, we're just we get frustrated as well because sometimes it takes us weeks to get a no as well. So how do I tell you no quickly by giving you all the kickout questions? Once I have that, how do I capture your information either into an application that doesn't require the Accord apps, so your data just comes in and a quote can get generated by our system, or on a worst case scenario, it takes your information and puts it on an application, so you don't have to handwrite it or type it in and scan it in and have somebody transpose information. So it's going all the way through the system. So some of the stuff we've done, if we look at, let's do a really simple 
product like Inland Marine, commercial Inland Marine tools, okay. right? So the agent types in there, they log into our portal, it captures their information, they put the client information in, the mailing address, the physical address, um, they select all the tools the guy has, a backhoe and a tractor and a value, they click indicate and it gives them a price. Okay, so if the agent wants to proceed, they say proceed for formal quote. In our system, it's already gone from the front system that you, the agent, are dealing with into the back office system that tracks our accounting. It's generated the quote, and it's pushed the quote paperwork into the front system for the underwriter to review the documentation and push it to the agent. Now, some products you can go all the way through. Some products you don't want to because they just make mistakes. So a product like Garage is much more complicated. Uh, you know, uh, payroll in garages is 5,200 bucks. Nobody knows why it dates back a thousand years. But if you put in the actual payroll of the garage, you're going to get a premium that's $150,000, right? So we just have to do a quick eyes on the app to make sure it's correct. But if I can get from you putting the information on the front system all the way into our system so that somebody can work on the quote or give you the quote or allow you to bind in real time, I've reduced a lot of your anxiety because you can work with your agent in real time or you can work with a customer in real time. Yeah. Con conversely, from my perspective, you're not sending it out to other people, right? I mean, so there's a bonus. The, the cost benefit for me is less touches, less people involved, and the fact that it's in my system before anyone else's. All right. So <laughs> it, it, uh, in full disclosure, I, I keep a steady eye on the emergence and the development of insure tech um, as yes. it generally affects the retail agent. But, um, you know, to, uh, 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 my, my confession is that uh, the problems that you've just identified uh, they, they are real to the retail agent, but they're probably problems that need to be fixed with innovation and you know, resource application at, at the uh, yeah. general agency level. Um, so at the retail level, we're seeing a lot. I mean, I see the emergence of a new insure tech every other day, right? Are you Correct. seeing problems getting solved at that level? Yes. The issue you have is you have a lot of legacy systems that sit out there. Well, indeed. Both on the carrier yeah. level, right. both on the carrier level and on the MGA level. So therefore, so the difference yeah. between well, the problem is it's it's harder and harder. You've spent a vast amount of information putting all this data into a legacy system. Indeed. So do you replace it with a new insure tech that does that? Or do you find insure techs that bolt onto the legacy system? Or, and those are back office, or do you put an insure tech that does front office like our quoting companies or the ones who do personal raters or commercial raters, they're up front. How do you integrate your system with this insure tech so that when you, the agent puts a quote in and gets four declines, it can immediately feed into a specialty carrier. So it's all out there and being worked on, but at the same time, it's, it's a perfect storm because we're getting inundated with business at a rate we've never seen. I mean, it's, the market is as hard as it's been in a long time. So ah. it's all hands on deck all day long, quoting risks and the ability to strategize on how to integrate the stuff is a lot harder because it's not like you can say, okay, here's the emerging market. Let's start focusing on this. Right now, you've got everyone, including the janitor, working on uh, homeowner quotes coming in from California as carriers are non-renewing everyone and anything that ever was close to a fire. 
Okay. Right. So a, that's your problem. It's staffing. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, so these are difficult. These are difficult issues. Well, yeah, but they're, but they're issues that are fixable. They're I mean, fixable. these are not right. unfixable issues, right? It's just a matter of insurance techs are really good when they can define a stuff and it's a low hazard risk. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, but the problem with running, uh, running algorithms on catastrophe modeling of uh, wildfires is that if you're wrong on your modeling, you probably blew your reinsurance, right? Uh, and you may yeah. have blown your reinsurance so high that you've blown your company, um, right? I mean, you just gone through the reinsurance level and just kept going. So, so that's one of the problems with the insurance tech. And there's a ton of them out there doing stuff. I'm friends with, I mean, there's companies doing inspections and payments and transactional stuff and software companies that are integrating. And I mean, there's a ton of them out there that do that kind of stuff. Okay, so so you're seeing you're seeing innovation. You're seeing some innovation in technology yeah, at your level. Okay, oh, right. tons of it. Tons, tons of, it. of it. Okay, good. That's good news. All right. So the capacity problem very very difficult to solve. Um, but there there are appropriate responses. The responses will have pain and suffering associated with them. The friction problems um, not easy to solve, but um, typically we will see. Uh, players emerge that understand the industry Correct. and understand technology, bring the two together and, and, yeah. and we'll find some solutions. There are dynamic time. individuals with incredible brains that can figure out how to fix the problems. It just takes time. It's right? going to take some time. So the, the, it takes time because you have to build it, test it, get the capacity to do it and run it through. All right. So um, I'm going to bring this kind of down to planet Earth here for a moment. Um, <laughs> it, well, <laughs> if, if nothing else, at least I hope that this is a podcast of practical value to the insurance agent. Um, and, and I don't just want to um, oh, inform about emerging trends and difficulties and challenges and even big opportunities. So I want to bring it kind of back down to Earth. To the, to the real life, the day-to-day -day operations of growing an independent insurance agency, based on what you see, based on these issues that you're talking about, what should they be paying attention to and what should they be doing? Sure, Let, let's take it back down to the basics, some of the stuff you do in the classes and so on. All right, look, you have a perfect storm for a retail agent. You have market constriction, which means people are getting canceled right and left or having problems with their, or are willing to shop because their pricing's up. So you've got forced pe forcing people to want to make change as opposed to you trying to convince them to change. So that's the first thing. You have the ability to use social media to an absolute incredible level compared to three, four, five years ago, where you can dissect and analyze every piece of business and how you want to go out. You have the ability to target niche products that used to maybe be 12, 1400 bucks that are now four, 5,000. So the return on investment is the same because I mean, it's just gone up more instead of 10%, it's 40% or 400% because the product is still needed and there. So from a retail agent perspective, you just have to be able to identify what the problems are in your area, how do you, or even in the, the greater area, because nowadays you can market in any state you want, and how do you customize your message to target those people to optimize your close ratio and reduce the amount of friction? So where I say that is you don't want to target 
homes on top of mountains in the state of California if you're not licensed in California and don't have a market to write those, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. it's just basic stuff you talk about. So you have to figure out where you can write, what you want to write, and how you're going to go about writing it. And from the retail agent perspective, you just have to find an MGA that has what you want or several that have what you want and build a really good relationship with them so your, your submissions go to the top of the queue. Um, all right. So th these are these are interesting times for the uh, principal of an independent insurance agency, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have friends who have started uh, hard to place homeowner web sub websites and capture the information. And, you know, they were sending emails asking, can you write this? Can you write this? Can you write this? And then I got an email saying, hey, where do you go to find out if you can write it? And I gave them that. So now I only see the stuff I can write and their buying ratio is at 95 percent. Right. Well, okay. I mean, any submission that comes in from that agent just goes to the top of the pile because it's going to be a sale. Oh, sweet. Right? I mean, okay. And, yeah. I mean, that's what happens, right? I mean, you you figure out where the, the pain point is and you figure uh -huh. out what medicine you have to fix the pain point and you deploy it as quickly as possible. Okay. That's clever. All right. Um, so, Martin, if, if <clears throat> I'm glad we had this conversation. This is a timely conversation. If you were... If, if you had the opportunity to stand on Michael's soapbox and deliver a non-commercial message to the industry, perhaps a wake-up call or a pay attention to this call, what is it that you'd want to say? Um, that's a good question. Um, so the biggest thing, so from your safe, uh, soapbox and telling the agents, it's really time to use social media to its fullest advantage. And what does that mean? Right. As well, you just have to figure out what you want to write and go after that market share. And you really, uh, I've been in a couple of your, your classes on Facebook and LinkedIn and all Instagram and Pinterest and all the different things. You really have the ability as an independent agent to market to the select group of people that you want as clientele, and you're no longer restricted by a, by a geography, right? Ah, you don't have to write yeah. them in wherever you are. You can write them anywhere in the country. So, you know, you re and then so if your pool is 100 people in your local area and it's a million and a half in your bigger area, well, then you can say, OK, I want to restrict that million and a half to down to 150,000 because they're higher premium and I'm really niche in that particular area. So I would just tell the, you know, stand in a soapbox and tell the agents to really focus, focus on their market. Stop being generalist, be specialists. And specialists can be a generalist specialist, right? It can be homes with hard to place stuff or builders risk homes or contractors that do asphalt or, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, specialties. You just need to know what your specialty is and go after it. Got it. All right. So as you said, you've got 14,000 agencies that are making submissions to you. Is, um, and so my natural question is, what are the winners doing? You know, what are, what are the ones that you see that are really killing it? And, and it sounds like at least one thing you would say would be to uh, to be a specialist, to be an expert and to really focus on right. that and to deliver on it. Yeah, that. if it's a geography, if it's a risk type, it's an appetite, whatever it is, the insurance agent has to figure out what they have in their book. If they're into restaurants and they have a carrier that's number one on banquets or buffets, well, and they've got 70% of their book is buffet restaurants. Well, that's a, I mean, I would be marketing every buffet restaurant I could find if my close ratio was that high a percentage. And you also said that, 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 that uh, geographic boundaries are dissolved. They're gone. They're gone. If, if, yeah. if somebody needs insurance, they're going online to find it. 
And all they care about is <laughs> right. it went from a thousand dollars to nine thousand dollars, and you come in and say it's four thousand dollars. Yeah, got it. Okay, very good. And they and so they can have a conversation just like you and I are right now, right? I I see you, I hear you, right? It's you know, right. when I when I think about this conversation right. later, it's going to be almost as if you were here. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about what like so. Cl clearly, there are um, interesting things happening. Uh, at your level of the industry, uh, how do you see Bigfoot? What, how are you solving these problems now for retail agents? So what we did is we deployed our portal, which is at bigfootbinds.com, and the agents get uh, their username and password there, uh, and, you know, all the standard stuff, producer packets, all that, whatever, all the, the rigmarole that we all have to do for tax purposes. Once they're on the portal, all the products are on the portal that we have, and they have the ability to ask for products that aren't on the portal as well. Our goal on the portal is to take every single product and work on the user experience and streamline it as much as possible. So, for example, we have a tiny home program, and I just had lunch with the tiny home team, and I told them, find me the breaks. And they came up, well, why don't, you know, there's so much back and forth dialogue over a $20 cost. Why don't we just make it automatic, right? And that would save us 100 emails a week, that kind of stuff. So on yeah. our side, we're trying to streamline the process so that you can enter your information and get something back as fast as possible. At the same time, going the other way with 180, we're integrating in all the products that they have and we're analyzing on a company level where we're most efficient and what products we can deploy the best. And we're taking them from old manual processes and putting them on the portals right now. So, you know, if I have something that worked, the required manual entry, but can be digitized, how do I take it and put it on a digital level? Got it. Okay, Thus giving so, you an additional product. So you're, you're doing with what you can to eliminate friction or increase speed. Correct. And at the same time, we're trying to give you more options, ah. right? More products, right? Because if you come to my portal and there's one product, you only come in for that. If you come to the portal, we have 16 on there now, you see it. But every single time you come for a product, you see all the other tiles. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting, from my perspective, passive marketing. Right. Because every time you come right. and then, you know, all of a sudden you have something and you go, oh, wait a minute. I saw on the portal they have it and you know how to go to the portal and how to quote. It. Got it. All right. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, uh, I learned something from you at some point in time. Over the years, perhaps, maybe. No, you, <laughs> you, you, um, I'm thrilled with your success. And again, congrats on the acquisition. And there's I have no doubt in my mind that uh, retail agents would benefit from a relationship with you. Uh, so, uh, Martin, if uh, if a listener wants to learn more about Bigfoot, how shall they do that? Well, I mean, they can wander around in the woods uh, <laughs> or watch a TV show, or they can go to BigfootBinds with an S dot com. That's our, our portal. Uh, and then from there, you can access the portal. Or if you don't have a username, you can get a username and password. Got it. I, I recommend that one for speed, but I do have some people who go out into the woods looking for Bigfoot as well. Bigfoot binds with an S dot com. Yep. Dot right com. Yep. Okay. Or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook and ah. message me that way. I mean, I'm, I'm active on social media as well. Okay. Martin Burlingame on LinkedIn. All right, my friend. Um, well, as always, it was a pleasure talking to you and I, um, I, I have lots of notes. I learned a lot. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is fascinating. Hopefully I didn't cause too many problems and you're not going to get any hate mail. 
um, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like it, 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 it I, I don't, you know, I got thick skin. I've been, I've been at this game a long time. All right. Well, Martin, been a pleasure talking to you and uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Sounds good. I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.